the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Season Watch with Wendy Scott, where we observe the things coming on the earth through biblical binoculars, because the Bible is both timely and timeless. With her master's degree in rhetoric and writing skills, Wendy is a part-time college professor, but a full-time truth professor. She believes the Word of God is His perfect revelation, including a young earth six-day creation, as well as the global flood inundation, and that Israel is God's chosen nation. Faith alone in Jesus is salvation, the true church rapture comes pre-tribulation, followed by Christ's millennial domination and his eternal kingdom with earth's regeneration. Jesus is coming without hesitation. And now, here's Wendy with today's topic. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me again today with Season Watch. And let's just start with prayer. Jesus, we just thank you for the opportunities that you give us. We thank you for the abundant blessings in our lives. I don't think we thank you nearly enough for the everyday Um, creature comforts we enjoy here in America. And we know if we've ever been anywhere else or ever been in lack, Lord, we know that uh, we're very blessed here in America. And I pray for anybody out there who's under great distress right now or concerned or wonders if God's really watching over them or if he's really there. I tell you, friend, he is there. And we pray right now for you uh, in your distress that God breaks through to you, answers your prayers. Just seek him with your whole heart. If you seek me, you will find me. And uh, we just pray for you. And we thank you, Lord, that you are ever with us. So we give this day to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hello, friends. I just want to remind you to email me any questions you might have concerning how to talk to people in your life about the simple gospel of Jesus. Most people claim to hold views that prevent them from accepting Jesus as your Savior. Trust me, I talk to them all the time. I hope that most of your family and friends are walking with the Lord, but this would be an exception. Most of us have a lot of people in our lives that we're very close to and we love very much, and they just they they have all these reasons. And so um, most people we encounter also do not trust in Jesus. I'm telling you, it's a remnant out there where they have some wacky theology out there. Oh, yeah, I believe in God, and their vision's completely different than ours. And so uh, maybe they don't even believe that there is a God or certainly the God of the Bible. And these are people that God calls us to share the truth of his love with so they don't suffer in the future for those that are going to be left behind in the coming judgment. We want to warn them. And of course, uh, anyone we know could die any day. We, we, we have that possibility. You know, insurance companies released their figures and said that since 2021, deaths among working adults has arisen 40%. I mean, that's cataclysmic, and nobody's even talking about it. You have to really know where to look. It's cataclysmic. That's absolutely unheard of. And then now they're they're making sad, sudden adult death syndrome is being normalized. And uh, that's that's a sudden, unexplained death of an otherwise healthy person. Young people, healthy people are dying suddenly. And those who control the narrative like to downplay it and try to get us to move on. Uh, My pastor's grandson, I think I mentioned before, experienced the trauma of watching a young, healthy student collapse and die in his arms a few weeks ago at the college gym. This is unheard of. There was no reason for that. And friends, the un- the un- 
unnatural things are happening right now, and they just want us to not pay attention. I tell you, there's a great earthquake that has shaken every edifice of our civilization, and it's overturned and destroyed the very foundation of all we know, and we're in denial, like shock victims trying to carry on with the world uh, crumbled into the ground around us, you know. Uh, we've all had that moment when something traumatic has happened. It completely throws everything into a whole other track, like uh, a death or a, maybe a bad car accident or if you're a victim of a crime, anything traumatic's ever happened to you and this weird kind of insulation drapes over you at that moment and you think, oh, I'm going to be late for work. What's, what am I going to say to my boss or some other nonsense like that? No, we're in a whole new realm right now and we're walking around in this daze unaware that we're literally in shock. And that's what shock is. Right now, the whole world's been turned upside down, and we're in shock. And the evil powers preparing for the Antichrist are manipulating this state of shock, knowing that we, most of all, want things to go on as they always did. And so they tell us, here's the solution. Everyone do this. Or uh, we have new ideas to make sure things stay normal for you. And then here's the new system to keep things normal. Then everything is normal. None of these things that you see are unusual. Everything's fine. Don't listen to the alarmists. They're disrupting the new normal. And uh, we'll tell you what to worry about. We'll tell you what is important, what to think about. We'll keep you safe from hearing what those alarmists are saying. We'll tell you what is true. That's what they're saying. But really, we have the truth. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, The Lord gives us discernment by his Holy Spirit. He does not leave us without discernment, right? And so, friends, there's no time to waste. We need to pray for the courage and wisdom and opportunity to speak to those around us, strangers, friends, and family, those people that have said, don't talk to me anymore. we got to pray, Jesus, give me something new to work with. Give us an opportunity. Do something in their lives so that they're ready to hear, that they are ready to hear. God is the God of the universe. He moves in people's hearts. He goes before us. He prepares hearts. He prepares moments. He's ordained things. We just have to get on board. Please do not regret your silence. I'm telling you, the time is at hand and the days are evil. I I recall recently when I was challenged when someone said, commit to sharing the gospel with just one person each day. And I'll say that is a daunting challenge even for me, and I share the gospel regularly. But I had to think, is he not worthy? Is that so much to ask? To plant a seed somehow in the heart of one person that I encounter every day. I mean, it's not always going to be the same kind of discussion or the same kind of seed, but to have intentionality, to go out and uh, pray and say, Lord, I'm nervous. I don't even know what to do. I don't know what's ahead of me. And he says, trust me, just give me your heart. Open your heart, take a chance, and trust me. And and that's what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to walk out right now. And so, you know, uh, what am I really here for if not to do that, if not to save lives? So I've prayed and I told God that I accept that assignment. And of course, I'm nervous like the rest of you because I don't know what's ahead. I like to control my future. But God says, that's not faith. I want you to trust me, and I will show you great and mighty things. And he does. So I have to pray every day for him to give me courage and wisdom and opportunity and, frankly, to walk in the kind of love that lets me look for who that person is, right? Because, frankly, we don't want to bother. And so this is a challenge of submission, but it's so rewarding because we're walking with him. There's nothing more rewarding than walking with him because God is the one with the plan. He has someone in mind for me every day to share with. Uh, It's not my idea. I just have to allow him. And in some unique way, I'm going to be able to find someone to speak to. This is his plan. 
So it's interesting because we know we love to quote Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, right? Uh, For by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We love that. That's true. It's by faith alone, faith in Jesus. He died for your sins. He took the punishment for you. Uh, You're you're facing eternal damnation, separation from God, because you refuse to accept a a gift, a, a gift, complete gift of salvation, absolve you of everything you've ever done that separates you from God. It's it's pride alone that keeps us from it. That's it. And when you receive that, humble ourselves and receive it, that's the gospel. Receive Jesus' gift to you. He loves you so much to give it to you. And that's the free gift. We love that, all right? But we must remember verse 10 right after that. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. He has work set aside for us, and we're supposed to walk in those works. He has assignments for us. He's uniquely qualified us and positioned us and given us a background to do certain things, you know. And most of us seek our own pleasures first, telling ourselves, oh, God would want us to be happy. But that's very selfish. Most of our thoughts, most of our energy, most of our time, most of our money, most of our plans are are aimed at us and our own lives. And yet, is he not worthy? I want to ask you now, friend, as I ask myself, do we really understand who God is and what Jesus has done? I mean, if we really are devoted to him, if we really love him, would we just close our eyes like that to everything? Would we really, really be that selfish? And I just tell you, in America, it's easy to be enraged by silly things, right? In other lands, Christians are suffering for their faith, and yet they risk it all to share the gospel. I know. I've seen it. They understand the precious value of Jesus to change a life to bring joy and peace. It's everything. We're just used to it. We see in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John suffered beatings and imprisonment for sharing the gospel after Jesus had risen from the dead. And when the leaders finally released them, they threatened them not to share Jesus anymore. And it says in verse 19, Acts 4, 19, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God you judge. For we cannot speak, but speak of the things that we have seen and heard. And then they returned to the other disciples and they prayed, starting in verse 24. If you look at that prayer, it's amazing. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that's in them. We got to remember that. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose had determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. There's power in his name. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, they didn't pray for protection from persecution. They prayed for boldness in the face of persecution, and the the Lord anointed them. He answered that prayer. That's the prayer he wants to answer. He, He will take care of our business if we take care of his business. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. 
And right now we have something going on in the nation that the Lord started in Ashbury. Everybody's heard about it. And now it's spreading among the young people, the colleges and other locations around the nation. And we're seeing a movement of God. And Joel chapter 2 says, starting in verse 28, it shall come out. It shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants, my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in heavens and in the earth, blood and fire, pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. It shall come to pass that whosoever, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. And this fitting for our discussion today as we get there. But the the whether or not this pouring out that we're seeing now is that specifically or whether it's something that comes in waves as the last days come, we do know that the Lord is faithful to all generations. And there's never been a less informed generation about the gospel than Gen Z. Satan has infiltrated our institutions and turned them against God. He has convinced us that if we are fair people, we will let them only tell our children lies and not the truth because it will offend people. That's what they've talked us into. Oh, we better not. That will offend them. And they, they, they've gotten us to agree to this. Now, this generation, Gen Z, the last generation, I submit, that will grow into adulthood, I believe, is the, uh, they only know lies. This generation only knows lies. And just as with the Jesus movement, God will not be restrained. He's only looking for the faithful remnant to care enough to stir up their hearts and ask, as David asked, is there not a cause? And to stand in the gap between Satan and the lost to plead God's merciful gospel to them. While we're licking our wounds, God seemed to have started his salvation without us. Now, in the closed Muslim world and communist China and India and even in Israel, you cannot proselytize without great risk. So God sends dreams and visions to those closed countries. And there's a great awakening in Iran, Afghanistan. A lot of Muslim countries are reporting a great awakening. Jesus visiting them in their dreams because they won't permit them to speak about about him. But here, there's no law against it. Just complacency, okay? So we need to pray. Open our hearts, God. Tell God that you want him to use you and that you need help from him to do it. Second Chronicles 16.9, this is my favorite. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. He's looking for someone to just wave and say, look at I'm not perfect. I'm not very wise. I'm foolish, frankly. But if you want to use me, Lord, I'll be used. And he will stand strong for someone who will have faith in him. Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Malachi 3.16, I love this. Then those who feared the Lord spoke often one to another, and the Lord listened and heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditated on his name. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on that day that I make him my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the ones who serve God and the one who does not serve him. And James 5.19, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the 
the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. And that's what we're here for. God is watching over us. He's encouraging us, those of us who speak about him, to others, to each other. He writes them down and he spares us. We're his children and we're the ones that he honors. And there's no higher purpose than to spread his gospel. He gave everything for it and we're wasting it by keeping our mouths shut. So friends, we have to remember, please email me your questions and I'm going to start answering them on the show so that we can prepare to answer those who have challenging views that we encounter. And God will faithfully open doors of opportunity to his faithful church in these last days. We just need to be ready. And whether there are things that you've heard from someone else or questions that you have for yourself, email me so that God's wisdom through the Bible and creation and other things that we know, we can discuss the faithfulness of the gospel. So email me, ask questions. You can ask about science, creation, evolution, the flood, physics, biology, fossils, geology. You know, I've got a lot to say about these things. Ask me your questions or other beliefs, Islam, um, Jehovah's Witnesses, New Age ideas, Mormonism, atheism, Buddhism, all that stuff, history, doctrines of the Bible, anything that comes up that's a challenge, a stumbling stone for somebody, you want to prepare to answer them. I've done a lot of research and talked with a lot of people about the different reasons that they reject Jesus. So let's see if we can answer some of those questions and discuss how to approach different challenges. And if you're not sure if you believe these things, but your heart and your mind are open and curious, you're just uh, who Jesus is looking for, right? Open your heart and mind. He says, if you seek me, you will find me if you search with all your heart. So email me your questions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com, wscott at mywordsforhim.com. You can also go directly to the Season Watch page on KPraise or KPRZ webpage and access the direct email link, my other links there. My previous podcast can be found there, or you could go to my Rumble channel, Wendy's Words for Him Radio. I also have a Rumble channel with videos, Wendy's Words for Him. And then if you go to Wendy's Words for Him, um, I have a new channel I'm doing, The Hiding Place. It's a reading of The Hiding Place for people to encourage them. So, um, But we must become curious and treasure God's words so we will know the whole counsel of the Bible, and we could fill our quivers, so to speak, with the arrows of truth. So that God can select from our understanding the the wisdom that he gives us, the right words of wisdom, which your adversaries will not be able to gainsay or resist, according to Luke 21, 15. And so, um, as I remind you, we're going to return to our previous discussion. So, friends, fasten your truth belts as we finish discussing the two futures wake up warning. All right. So last episode, we looked at the remarkable distinctions between Jesus's warnings and prophecies outlined in the Olivet Discourse detailed in Luke's chapter 21 versus Matthew chapter 24. And we almost finished discussing uh, the very telling differences between these two. They're actually really different. I urge you, if you haven't done it yet, open up your Bibles to both of those discourses. And Luke is a gospel uh, um, that seems to be to the true church, the audience of the first century, and the church, the last church that would be raptured, because there's clues in it. We talked about how Luke is Greek, and that he wrote to the Gentiles, and we saw some clues in there that um, that distinguish between Matthew's account. Matthew is an educated Jewish apostle, and his audience seems to be um, other Jewish people, and they particularly targets the Jews of the 
um, that are left behind after the rapture, as we talked about the 70th week that begins after the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And so um, please listen to that previous episode to catch up there. And we saw several clues describing how the message, the promises, the instructions in Luke chapter 21 are different, a little bit different. And those distinctions seem to be for the group the the first century faithful church and the last faithful church that will be raptured, things to look for. And that Matthew seems to be, of course, is for all ages. Everybody needs to read all of them. It's a great warning for everybody, um, all of the Gospels. But Matthew seems to be warnings and instructions for the, the, the group that's left behind, primarily Jews in Israel, that are left behind for, and they come to faith. And Yeshua, their Messiah, and then these instructions help them through. And so the most dramatic distinction that we saw between Luke 21 and Matthew 24 in that Olivet Discourse is the sign that Jesus gives concerning what to watch out for in each account. And we talked about how in in Luke 21, starting at verse 20, he actually warns when Jerusalem is surrounded by armies, then you will know the desolation is near. Um, and then he tells them to flee. And then he says in verse 22, these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled and that they will fall by the edge of the sword, be led away captive into all nations. So this is clearly um, the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, which is 40 years later. Some of the apostles were still around or the disciples were still around. And then Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And so there's a timeline that Jesus lays down, and he says the times of the Gentiles basically begin at the fall of Jerusalem. And we know through church history that really Gentiles ended up being the receivers of the gospel. And, of course, Romans, Paul tells us in Romans that that's to they that the Lord allowed Israel to be blinded in part so that the rest of the world could receive his salvation. And we know the 70th week of Daniel is when Israel comes back on the clock, his chosen people become the focus again. And so we know that the description in Luke 21 was to that last church. But we saw other things too we're going to look at. We look at Matthew. Um, Jesus warns Matthew um, in verse 14, 24 verse 14, uh, verse 15, we'll start there. Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads and let him understand, then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, all right, and flee, everybody's fleeing, and then woe to those days. Um, and it says in verse 21, for then there will be a great tribulation, such as not has been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. All right. And so we look at those accounts, and clearly one is warning about the destruction of Jerusalem, and the other is warning about uh, the abomination of desolation. So that's, they were clearly left behind in Matthew in order to see the, um, the post 
in order to see the tribulation events. And so uh, if you continue to look through Matthew, he talks about those who are left behind will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven, that um, that the people of the earth will mourn. And when you see these things, know that it is near and at the doors. So he's still warning in Matthew they can avoid these things. But if they stay, they will be in the tribulation as described through Matthew. And then um, we know that the temple was built in the three and a half years into the uh, after the tribulation starts. Apparently, the Antichrist will go in and he will declare himself God. And that's the abomination of desolation that Jesus warns about. That's also warned about in Daniel. So we see a distinction. And we also see that in Luke, it does not talk about being there at all for the abomination. In fact, it says that um, now when you see these things in verse uh, Luke 21, verse 28, now when you see these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. All right? And, it's, and it says down in verse uh, 32, I assuredly say to you, this generation will by no means pass until these things take place. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down. The cares of this world of this life come upon you unexpectedly. There's the warning. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So we can escape these things. Unlike in Matthew, it says they shall not escape once the labor pains start. So we see these are two different warnings, two different people, the left behind church and the and the church that will be taken up. Please make sure not only are you receiving Christ today to avoid that, but that you tell others we do not want them to suffer this fate. And so until next time, we're going to talk about the, uh, about the tipping point, a spiritual principle. God bless you all. Join Wendy Scott every Saturday at 3 p.m. on K-Praise for another episode of Season Watch. Previous episodes can be found through the K-Praise podcast platform, where you can also access Wendy's other platforms and contact links. Please email Wendy with show comments, questions, or suggestions at wscott at mywordsforhim.com or visit her website at mywordsforhim.com for additional resources. Watch other teachings on her Rumble channel. Wendy's Words for Him, her fiction novel, The Lost, A Story of Christmas, can be found on Amazon. Until next week, watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.